1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
2: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of... The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. To the 138th and thirty-eighth episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summers, and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing?
3: I am doing wonderful. We just spent about 20 minutes bantering about why I'm doing so wonderful. Uh, actually, Red Kingdom, the Chiefs kingdom did their thing Sunday with 13 seconds left. Miracle Mahomes, as he is now going to be referred to for a while, uh, did his thing and got us in a field goal position. A one field goal later and a Bad the only mistake Jared Allen made all Sunday is he called tails instead of heads. And the Kansas City Chiefs won the game. We are going to the AFC Championship for the fourth year in a row. Yes, I say we, and I don't care if you laugh at that. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh also but and I did have a bit of sad news, something that deflated me a little. If you saw any of my Facebook posts, Austin. I know, I'm an old man. I still use Facebook more than I use Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Barry Bonds, in his last attempt at the Hall of Fame, got 66% of the vote. The most votes he ever got, and he did not reach the 75% number to make the Hall of Fame. So he is not going in. I'm not going to go too further than that. But um, fuck Cooperstown, New York, just the whole place yeah L- hypothetically light it on a match and on fire i don't want anybody to actually catch on fire but like in my mind it might as well not exist <laughs> because the greatest person to ever touch a bat is not in the hall of fame i could go through all his stats and stuff but that's not what we're here about that's a little downer let's talk about chief's kingdom patrick mahomes money mahomes did his thing but yeah so i've had kind of an up and down few days Yeah,
2: I mean, as a Lions fan, I got to see Stafford make the NFC title game. He now has more playoff wins than the Lions have had in almost 50 years. So that's a weird feeling to have where I'm happy for Stafford, but I hate the Lions, but I'm happy for Stafford. Um, I didn't mention this to Floyd before we recorded, though, but the Pistons played today against the Nuggets, and they lost because, of course, they did. But Cade Cunningham balled out. He finished with 34 points Eight rebounds, eight assists, and four blocks. An incredible performance. In fact, the only two rookies to have that
3: performance are Cade Cunningham and Michael Jordan. So shout out to Cade Cunningham, who after eight games in the season, people were already labeling a bust. Literally. Because
2: because again, it's It's NBA fandom, and you're a bust. Like if you're not putting up forty in your first game in the NBA, eight
3: games into the season, eight. Half of of the people, half of the
2: people saying that when they played NBA 2K, my career were putting up like maybe six points in their first games in the NBA. Sorry, you were a sixty order overall rated
3: bum at the start, dude. Like this is a dude that was a freshman last year in college, you know. He, he was he's nineteen years old. I think he may be twenty, but he's uh nineteen years old uh and everybody's like, "Oh, you're eight games into your career and you're not averaging a triple double, you're a bust." Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He busted up the Nuggets tonight with 30, <laughs> 34 points.
2: Didn't win the game, but you know what? That's because the Pistons around him have like maybe two or three good players. The rest are bums. I
3: mean, you drafted first for a reason. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you didn't draft first because you were this all-of-all all team. You know, you draft first for a reason. So he's a piece. And you got Diallo, who's always pretty good. You know, you got that's another piece. Sadiq
2: Bay is a good player. Yeah. We got Jeremy Grant, who's hurt, and then we got
3: like a box of rocks. And guess what? You're gonna get again another top three, top five pick. And you know, you just build pieces around Kate Cunningham. So I just want to get that guy from UCLA. That one cat. Ki- that one kid. Don't know his name because I, I do not watch
2: college basketball. I I'm blanking on his name too. But he was he was he helped lead them in the uh, NCAA tournament uh, up to uh, up to uh, I think Baylor. In fact, maybe they they made the they made the final four. I know that much at least. But the,
3: uh, yeah, I watched college basketball the last couple weeks of February to kind of get an idea of how to fill out my bracket in March. But that's about <laughs> it. That's my college. That's basketball. about it. That's my college basketball experience. But that is enough. <laughs> rail sports yes
2: now let's get into wrestling let's get into into it we got a lot to talk about this week of course first off shout out to gcw with their big show they just had forever gcw i appreciate y'all and like dude gcw is like it's so great seeing them do well putting on shows at the at the freaking legendary uh hammer i'm blanking on the name why am i blanking on the name uh, well, Hammerstein, Ballroom. Hammerstein Ballroom, of course, legendary home of Monday Night Raw for a while. Yeah, uh, shout out to them putting on that show. I I've, I've seen clips of it. I've yet to go back and watch it in full, but just seeing seeing GCW do so well is just as a wrestling fan makes me so happy. Um, and, uh, they chanted fuck bully Ray, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but that was a cool little moment. If I must but say, dude, I completely
3: myself. For, like I meant to add that to my notes to see what everybody thought about it, but I completely we'll talk about, about it. it. We'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah. But we got a lot,
2: of course, like I said, we got a lot to talk about this week with AEW Dynamite and Rampage. Um, it's a crazy week in wrestling, plus the Rumble's coming up. I mean, fucking all hell's breaking loose. But we got a lot to talk about, so before we get into everything, we want to make sure you guys are continuing to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, please just give us a share with your friends, family, co-workers, whoever you wish. It really does mean the world to us. You can leave a rating and a review about the show, and if you're so inclined you can leave a donation through our podcast provider red circle that would be the most kind thing you could possibly do but the easiest way for you guys to support us is by following us on social media we are at at elite pod on twitter and at social suplex are the guys that make this show possible so check out them and all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week is the fact that the one and only first, I mean, like one of the first few inaugural AEW World Champions, it went Jericho and then it went John Moxley. John Moxley returned to AEW. To show up on Dynamite for this week's episode, he returned from rehab. He's doing well. He's doing well enough to be able to go come back and, and work. Uh, hearing this news just made me so happy. I mean, like, I was so glad that, like, his stint in rehab wasn't too long and that he was able to recover from it well and good enough to the point where he could come back to work Um and we'll talk about it at the show. But when he showed up, he looked younger. He looked genuinely younger than the last time we saw him on AEW television. So, like, seeing Moxley healthy and happy and just in his element with wrestling, like, he when he showed up at GCW, like I said, and when he's at AEW, like, it's just so good to see him doing well. Um, it. We'll talk about his opening segment as well when we get into Dynamite. But just in general – so glad to have Moxley back. I'm so happy that he's returned and that he's doing well and that he's taking care of himself. Because we we all we all care and love and support John Moxley. So much love to that man.
3: Yes, he hit us with uh, a very. It was great. It, it was just um, for him. To be back, he went and got himself taken care of. I guess we can talk about Bully Gray if you want to.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so of course John Moxley uh, cut a great promo. Um, there were two things actually. We'll talk. We'll throw these two things out. We'll get the negative shit out of the way first uh, before we talk about the lovely uh, promo that Moxley cut at the start of the show for Dynamite. Um, we had the first guy who tried to get his two seconds of fame by call like, saying some ridiculous drunk shit towards Moxley. Yelling him that he's trash, get out of the ring. And Moxley's response was to drop an F-bomb on TBS and say, go fuck yourself, get that guy out of here, piece of shit. And that guy is out. Probably not coming back to another AEW show either. Uh, again, good job at trying to get your two seconds of fame. It failed miserably. You got cussed out by John Moxley. Go eat shit. So that's all we got to say in terms of that guy. Seriously, like, stop trying to get yourself over at these shows. No one cares about you like that. I just want uh, I just want to know why you would waste your money. No, seriously. And again, like, you, obviously the guy was in good shouting range, too, because it would, like, again, like, he was in good range of the show to be able to shout something like that. Um, I just hope that whatever members of Atlas security picked him up just socked him in the face at one point. <laughs> that, that, that would have be been funny. a really nice, like, send off. Like, hey, you're not coming back. Get socked in the face.
3: Basically, I'll just say I hope he resisted. I hope he resisted. I
2: hope he resisted yes. because then it would made it so much more lovely when he got kicked
3: out. No, but yeah, this dude, um, yeah, uh, he was trying to make it about him,
2: and it wasn't about him. It was about John Moxley. Speaking of another person that kind of like changed the narrative of the whole situation was uh Bully Ray. Now, Bully Ray, of course, legendary member of the Dudley Boys, legendary uh, tag team wrestler and singles wrestler, uh, fame busted open co-host um so man's a veteran and a legend in the industry no doubt about it uh made a take that was very tone deaf and i would also uh add uh pretty uh showcasing of just uh the difference between um that generation of wrestlers and like kind of morale and like how things were talked about back then to how they're talked about now uh bully ray said that uh moxley uh Uh, He would have liked it if Moxley would have apologized to the crowd for his absence. Um, Now Moxley checked himself into rehab and now he's back and he talked about why he was gone and like his, his, how he's feeling now. Um, And Bully Ray clearly doesn't realize like fans got it. Like the dude was going to rehab. He obviously had some demons and was dealing with a lot of shit. Like, God knows we don't want him to keep himself on the wheel and, like, end up getting himself into a situation where he could get fucked up. And it just – it was unbelievably tone deft of what he said. Um, Ironically, Paige had the best comment of the entire thing, I think, where she said, Hey, guys, just want to let you guys know if you have any – if you are feeling at all like you need to take time away from wrestling uh, and if you're feeling like, oh, you know, like – You gotta go. You gotta step away for whatever reason. Just make sure you apologize to Bully Ray afterwards. Just make sure you, uh, if you have to take time to better yourself, uh, apologize to Bully Ray for the time time off. Very nice little jab at him, and um, uh, of course, uh, Renee Young had the same about the same kind of things to say about it too. But again, it's
3: let me tell you, I'm coming from an old guy. I'm gonna have to go jump in. Bully said. Not what I was thinking, but he did say what a lot of people was thinking. And I know you're young, and everyone thinks everyone should think the same way about everything. And it's not that way. Bully does speak to a generation of not just wrestlers, but wrestling fans. And a lot of those people listening to Busted Open. Do you listen to the radio regularly, no. sir? No. Exactly. He was speaking to his audience. His audience probably wanted to hear that and they're okay with that because he speaks to olds he speaks to me you know what I mean some people in that audience would want to hear that young people of course mental health is a lot uh, is, is talked about it is healthy to talk about you're supposed to get help you're supposed to get help for rehab and all that stuff a lot of people came from a generation where that shit just didn't happen you know you missed work I don't care why you missed the work. You missed the work. So you should apologize for missing work. You should apologize for the fans for not being there for them. The idea that this is such an outrageous thing to say, like I said, it's just to only see one point of view. There are many other points of view in this. And I understand his health is supposed to be the most important thing. I agree. Again, I don't agree with Bully Ray. But I'm sitting there listening to everybody attacking him like he just said the worst thing in the world. Like he said, the man should die. He said, I would have liked to hear an apology to the fans. He gave a personal preference and people destroyed him for it. And I really didn't understand it. I mean,
2: again, so the way the way that I would put it is like, again, it's it is absolutely a generational gap because again it like bully bully Ray came from a time where again you 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 shoveled that shit down because like you if you had a problem like obviously you would go and better yourself but also you'd be like I'm sorry I have to take time off like I'm in a bad situation I need to I need to step away and then like like the idea is like like you should be like you like you should have never gotten yourself in these these demons in the first place like and all this like. And again, I understand the idea of like I I I'm sorry I was gone. Like obviously fans were going to be like no, regardless, like like take all the time you need. But Some fans. Well, sure, but again, there's like if you're if you're upset that John Moxley took time off because he had to go to rehab, like did like what about like again, The same situation had had to happen for Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy got to a point where he was, like, actively, like, fucking high and drunk in the ring.
3: And it was dangerous, and 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 it was very, very eye-opening. And There are a lot of people that think he should have never wrestled again because of that. And I don't think that's the case because, again, like... Uh, Again, I'm not not saying I think this. I'm saying there is a different voice out there that Bully Ray does speak to. Because, again, you know, you might not see it on Twitter, but, you know, you talk to people, and they are of a certain age, and they don't disagree with Bully Ray. But the thing is, you can't go on Twitter and say, I don't disagree with Bully Ray, because you might as well delete your account after that, because you're going to get attacked by 20,000 people.
2: Again, I don't like the idea of, like, (laughs) just screaming at people about, like, shit, because, again, that's the reason why I I, honest to God, like, just don't.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't like the way that like that's what like, I'm saying. I, I I I absolutely think Bully Ray was quite tone deaf in his in his comments. I don't hate Bully Ray. I don't have any disdain for him. The fuck Bully Ray
3: chance I thought was quite funny considering that it came from New York, like but, of all places. Yeah, but it's just so funny and and again, this probably goes a little further and we'll get back to wrestling. It's just funny that everybody's like everybody should be able to express themselves but you.
2: I mean, again, again, you you can, you can express your, you can express your opinions, but to think that there was never going to be any collateral damage for what you said.
3: uh, Yes. Again, but people do say things all the time and everybody's like, Oh my God, you said what I think. It's great. But if you say something against the grain, which is what bully Ray did, Oh, you're going to get destroyed. And it's just like, he didn't even say like, I demand an apology from Bully uh, from sure, Moxley. Sure. What did he say? If it was me, I would have liked to see an apology. He literally, basically, he he put so many disclaimers in front of it and made it such a clear opinion, and everybody acting like he attacked John Moxley. No, and it's it's. I mean, you've seen it. That's how they're acting. I look again.
2: Like there, people, people will take a headline and they'll go with it. Sure, but I don't. I don't think.
3: I don't think it was necessarily a smart comment. See, I don't think. But I feel like one thing that this show brings, if, if you're like, if you's like, oh, we break down shows like this. You we break down shows like everybody else. The one thing that this show brings is it brings you, and it brings me. And we, we can't be far. There's a generational gap there. Oh, it's and, massive. And that's yes, what I'm saying. And I love that you say what you have to say. But I'm just saying, looking through the person that is a 40-year-old man, I didn't really have a problem with what he said. I'm like, do I agree with it? No. I, I don't think he should have to apologize. Uh, alcoholism is a disease. It got away from him. He got control. He got, went to rehab. He did what he took into control. I mean, I am very proud of John Moxley. Don't get me wrong. That's my personal opinion. But there are a lot of my people my age and older... You shouldn't have let yourself get that far. I know people don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to sure, hear. Sure, no. But, but guess, that's how guess, they, that's how they came. That's how they. As came. somebody as somebody
2: yeah. who has um, <laughs> who lives a straight edge lifestyle and who is has seen stuff like that get to a level like, of course, you want to look at someone is like you should you, like why did you let it get this bad? Like we should have just we should have been able to handle this before it got to this point, but like. Yeah, I don't at, that, at that but at least at that point with me like I was like if I see somebody in a situation like that like like again I've ha- I've had family members who have been at their worst uh with stuff like that my first instinct is not to be like angry about it I just want to know what's wrong and <laughs> I just want to like again cuz I it's I feel like that's one of the the first people struggling with addiction and stuff like that like reacting in an anger tone like why did you get to this point like isn't gonna help the situation along
3: a lot. It's but, gonna kind of yeah, worsen. Yeah, but unfortunately for a lot of people my age and older, and I, I I have. I mean, I guess you could like I like to eat, but I've never really dealt with addiction, you know. So, uh, but I know a lot of people my age or older have, and unfortunately, they were told to toughen up, and that is, I mean, it mm-hmm. was a way. It was a way. It sure. was a way. And it's some people it worked for. Some people it absolutely did not work for. And it's just like, they're, but they're allowed, even though it might be wrong, they're allowed to think the way they want to think. And that, like I said, even the way I, I you know, one of, I'm one of those people that I will go listen because I want to hear it for myself. I want to hear what's around it. And it was just such a, it was such a way he was like, if it was what I would have liked to hear, if it was me, I would have liked to see an apology, and it was just like such a throwaway statement that someone just grabbed onto and murdered the guy for. Like, like I want now, you to get fired. <laughs> because now yeah. look,
2: as as Bully Ray is is a ma- has been a massive heel in pro wrestling for a very long time.
3: Um, I'm sure he's dealt with this kind of shit. Oh in the no, past. I, I don't. And I'm sure I know. He I know. Care. <laughs>
2: I know that Bully Ray is not phased by this
3: in the slightest. I'm sure he doesn't care. And everybody tuned into, uh, busted open the next day to see if uh, to see if he would apologize or say he was sorry. He got, he
2: got busted opens. Rated, rated yeah, yeah, up in that and regard.
3: They took it don't get me wrong. Bully Ray knew what the hell he was doing. But I'm just saying, from a person looking at it, like, and then you know, I talk to people offline that don't spend a lot of time online and like i didn't i didn't have a problem with what he said no i didn't my dad
2: didn't have an issue with it either
3: honestly <laughs> yeah like, I, like, I, <laughs> again like i it's
2: it's it's like, it's it's a it's a generational yeah, thing in yeah, our like,
3: eyes you know even me i'm such on twitter as much as anybody else i get that idea that sometimes twitter is what everyone thinks and i just know there is a huge percentage of people sure. not on Twitter, not voices that listen to the show, didn't even think about it again. And like, oh, people are upset about that. OK. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, again, I I, I can 100 I can percent see the argument. But um, with the way that uh, social media is and
3: yeah, bully, yeah. bully is a public figure, he, oh, he no, does no. radio. He was going to get flamed. Dude, I met Bully Ray twice. The first time he was working the show as a heel, right? And he was kind of gruff. He's like, uh. I was like, I love what you, you are doing in impact? Oh, that's really me. That's who I am. Right. Then I met him at TNA. Like, uh, no, it was, a, uh, ROH fan fest. And this dude was so pleasant. Shook my hand. Cause he wouldn't even shake my hand at the other event. He, he was in his role. He was so pleasant. He was like, Hey, get in here, put his arms around me. And I was like, Did I just meet the same guy that I met previously? It Mm -hmm. was was such an extreme finish. And you know what that taught me? That man is always working. Always Uh working. (laughs) He is always working. And it's like, he he is what he needs to be that day. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he had any problem with it. I was just like, it was what I saw as somebody that honestly hadn't listened to the show. And I saw it, and I'm just like. Dude, they're killing this dude. <laughs> they're like, everybody. I think it's because I I do think
2: it's because people have such an attachment to Moxley too. You know, know I mean? yeah, like Moxley Moxley yeah. is one of them.
3: Yeah, and for me, I do not have that attachment to Moxley because Moxley is not one of me. <laughs> Moxley is the everyman, and I'm just like, I get I get the appeal. That's not me. I'm a Cody guy. And I kind of feel like in a way you are a Cody or a Moxley guy. You know, the the Moxley, yeah. the Moxley CM Punk guys, they want you to believe that they're just like you. Right? They're, they're, right. That's, that's their gimmick. Cody is like, yeah, no, I'm not just like you. <laughs> no. I'm not. I you can re- admire me, yeah. but I'm not. I do the work. I do this. You're fat. I'm skinny. Dude, I'm, again, like I, 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 grew up, I grew up
2: watching wrestling in the time with John Cena's and Randy Orton's and all this kind of stuff. And then CM Punk was the guy that
3: I gravitated towards. Yeah, because yeah, CM Punk looks like a normal human being and then like yeah. i
2: listen to pop and then i listen to pop music and i've got people like Katy perry's and justin beavers and all this stuff and i gravitated to ed sheeran because he looked like just a normal dude
3: yeah and that's what uh we actually in one of my wrestling groups and this is this is definitely on wrestling we got into a conversation of how we like our wrestlers right and i i the best i use i i like to use movies and tv to articulate what i like in wrestling i'm like I want to go see, like, if Bruce Willis is doing an action movie, right, and The Rock is doing an action movie, which movie am I going to see? You're seeing The Rock. Who are you probably going to see? I'm seeing The Rock. Oh, okay. Well. Most people, the everyman people, are going to see Bruce Willis. They, they're going to see Die Hard. I yes. am the superhero. I want my wrestlers to rock look like... Rock is an
2: exception for me because <laughs> I grew up
3: a Rock fan. I, like,
2: rock is the exception.
3: The, I want my wrestlers to look like gods. When Cody did the uh, uh cosplay, I was like... Oh my God! If that's that's not who he is, <laughs> I was like, "That's who he is." Right? He's like, he's better than you, and he doesn't really have a problem letting you know this: that I'm the star, you're the fan, and it's just like John. Uh, John is like, oh, I was a fan just like you, uh, Cincinnati chili, blah blah blah." You know, he's very knows, punk rock. Yeah, yeah. See, he knows what to say to get his people going. I'm not one of those people, so yeah, no. Right. But moving moving away from that, I hope that we've talked enough about
2: it. Where like again, like if I feel like if you agreed with Bully Ray and you thought like it would have been cool to hear an apology, because like understanding like I, I got myself in a bad place. and I'm sorry. I w- I'm not gonna let this happen again. I understand like you had been like that would have been nice to hear. And if you felt like there's no need to apologize, he he was in a bad place. He was bettering himself. So like as long as he's feeling better and he's good enough to work, we don't need an apology. We're just happy his back. He's back. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there. And then again, I think there's a middle ground in that too. It's like, would it have been nice to hear an apology? Sure, but he doesn't owe us anything. And like, regardless, the promo itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we'll get into now, was great. That's where I
3: live. I live in the middle. Because yeah, and Mike, that it, that's
2: with me. That's with me in this segment too.
3: Yes, I actually live in. I I, I thought this was excellent segment. It was what yeah. he needed to say, and it didn't take away from the show. But if you want to go through what he said, sure. No, again, I won't. I won't go
2: too long because again, if you if you're if you're if you haven't seen the promo, watch it because Moxley talked about when he fell asleep on a plane he landed in the city and he woke up from a bad dream cuz he didn't know where he was and he said there was just this cloud over his head and it was following him and it was just like it was laughing at him and he woke up and like this demon was being like you thought you were going to make it out it was like you really think that you, what you have right now like you deserve this like when are you going to get found out like this like imposter syndrome I'm talking about like how like you don't deserve what you have like you you completely like like what the fuck do you think you have like being in the the position that you're in and eventually he's like look like no we got all, all of us got scars but the important ones are the ones we carry inside we'll try to hide them but we should be proud of those scars because that's what makes us who we are no one's perfect if everyone was perfect it would be a boring place but like look you should be able to stand up and say hey this is me and if you want to doubt me uh you can shove it up your ass cuz he's like I don't run for demons. Uh, for everyone who's had my back, thank you. Buckle up. Uh I'm truly free now. This year is going to be a hell of a ride and he said, uh if you thought I was dangerous before, these days all I drink is blood.
3: There you go. So confirmed John Moxley vampire gimmick. Yeah, bleh.
2: <laughs> no, but again, great promo. Hell of a way to open up the show. I'm I'm so happy Moxley's doing better um and then most likely in a few months i think people will just completely get back to being like bully Ray's a legend so
3: oh no yeah it, yeah that's the whole thing it's like i don't know i honestly like i think you should always say what you feel but i and i've and listened to it and i'm like I don't know what other way he could have put it because he literally put it the nicest way you could.
2: Yeah. Well, if, you're, again, if, if you're a public figure, like you're going to get scrutinized for some things. No, you no matter, say, what, no matter you what, do. what. Yeah. No matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And and but at the same time too, I will say while you do, uh, you should be able to say whatever you want. Um. I would also say if you're not a public figure and you're just a regular person using Twitter. Um. Maybe don't tweet every thought. Maybe yeah. if there's certain thoughts like you want to hey. keep to yourself,
3: keep them to yourself. I think uh, that's if fine. You, if you watched the at Floyd Johnson Jr. Twitter, did I comment on Willie Ray at all? No. I said not a fucking <laughs> yeah, word. I didn't say shit because first of all, I didn't have a dog in the fight. And if I'm going to get destroyed or when I get canceled, it's going to be because I said something I actually care about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what
2: happened when for me it's going to be when i go into the city of chicago and say uh, michael jordan's
3: a bum yes and when uh no i think it's going to be the day detroit actually wins something and you're going to be oh, like i will shut <laughs> up yes
2: dynasty is back Like, I don't care if it's Hockey Town. I don't care if it's the fucking D when it comes to Detroit basketball. I don't care if it's the Tigers or if it's fucking somehow the Lions and the pride rises up. When one of my teams win and they get a championship back to Detroit, I will not shut the fuck up.
3: Yeah, and see, I started something there. I opened up Pandora's box there.
2: But no, now I'm going to recede back into the fact that, like, wait, Detroit's filled with a bunch of losers, so it's fine. It's fine. Uh, well, we had next up MJF backstage with Lord Wardlow, apologizing for the fact that he lost his cool and put his hands on, uh, on Wardlow. But MJF was like, look, um, I, I I appreciate you for being around, but listen, like you put your hands on me, so I'm docking your pay. But you can get that back when you qualify for the championship and you end up uh, getting me the AEW world title. You can get that back, but – uh, tonight, Sean Spears is going to show the world and Wardlow how to get the job done against PG Punk.
3: So Sh- let me, I want to throw this out there. MJF, masterclass in hanging a hill uh, On January 23rd, it was Big Will Hobbs' birthday. He said, happy birthday to the best big man in AEW by Country Mile. <laughs> I just had to throw I I just thought that was so genius. I was like, dude, this dude's always uh, speaking of someone that's always working. He's always working. Yeah, no question. He's an artist. He's so good. He really is. We
2: then had a mixed tag team match between Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander taking on Adam Cole Bebe and the AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I already got my DMD Baby shirt in in the shop. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, I've already got my DMD Baby shirt that's on the way right now. Uh, I got it alongside with both CM Punk hats. But this was a cool match, honestly. I love seeing Adam Cole and Britt Baker work together. They are just naturally, like, they love... I can already just see, like, how they are so happy to be in the same ring together. Um, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander are also an incredible pair. Uh, this was a strong match, honestly. I th- I really enjoyed uh seeing Statlander get back in the ring with a uh, a top opponent like ba- ba- like Baker. Orange Cassidy uh did really great stuff in this match as well. Eventually, there was a spot where uh, uh, Adam uh, uh, uh Britt Baker ends up getting crashed into a table because of Orange Cassidy uh colliding with Britt Baker. And eventually, uh, Cole got so pissed. And low blowed Orange Cassidy while the ref was turned around, hit the boom knee, and that was the end of Orange Cassidy. So moral of the story is very simply, do not, and I repeat, do not put your hands on Dr. Britt Baker DMD if Adam Cole is even nearby and you're of a male descent because he will go off
3: on you. Dude, this match was amazing. Uh it featured Chris Statlander doing the 450 and, uh, you know, Britt Baker just going, basically trying to go at Orange Cassidy. She didn't care, and it was just such an explosive match, such a match that I think, I, you know, the mythical casual, casual fan that exists, I think this definitely appealed to them.
2: I think it could be up there, yeah. I mean, again, Orange... I think people would look at Orange Cassidy doing the uh, leg kicks to Britt Baker and be like, what the fuck? Um, but you'll either find that hysterical or you'll be like, this is stupid. Um, but no, I do think that just the pairing... It, it was a great mixed tag match. Again, like, the, the, the ways that they were able to do stuff against each other was great. Um, I especially um, loved, like I said, being able to see... Ah, uh, Chris Statlin do the four fifty, um, and it was uh, it was again it was a really great match, a great oh, like considering this was the first match we saw on uh on Dynamite, this was a great way to open it open up with a match, um, so yeah, much love to this, and I I really do love the Orange Cassidy Adam Cole feud going right now because I think it's just an interesting feud that we haven't seen from um Adam Cole before.
3: Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I am uh. It's it's one of those when I see the feud I hate mixed tag matches they do it very well they they have done a mixed tag match very well
2: yeah no they've done that really well uh, we then had uh, inner circles Chris Jericho Santana Ortiz getting interviewed and Jericho was like dissing off Eddie Kingston but then Ortiz was like listen all due respect you might not care about Eddie Kingston but we do and. Santana stepped up and was like, look, Eddie said some true shit. Um, like, we're not tag champions, and we should be at that level. Maybe next week we'll focus more on ourselves and less on you. And uh, it seemed like uh, the Inner Circle has had some issues because, I mean, really the only champions right now that we have out of the Inner Circle is Sammy Guevara. And Sammy's not even doing stuff with uh, Inner Circle right now, so seems like there's a little bit of friction. But... We then got another backstage interview with Adam Cole announcing a lights out match against Orange Cassidy.
3: Oh shit! I am so excited for this match. It's going to bang. I can't wait. Considering to the last that lights,
2: considering the light last lights out match we got was with Britt Baker, and now we get a lights out match with Adam Cole it is fucking awesome in itself. But having Orange Cassidy involved in that too is going to be crazy, and I just cannot wait to see what these guys do. But We then have CM Punk versus the chairman, Sean Spears. Now, I have to just say, I love, I love how they gave this a video package. I love how they built up to this match. And Sean Spears immediately, GTS, pinned probably one of the shortest matches in AEW history. And it's yet another CM Punk win and Immediately, MJF tried to uh, come in and get his hands on it. Punk. Didn't work. Got grabbed by the scarf. And then he was just, he lost the scarf, but he ran away again. Uh, CM Punk is going to get his hands on MJF. And it's going to be the best feeling in the world. And I will say to people who are being like, Sean Spears deserves better. Sean Spears is a wrestler that has been around for decades. Sean Spears has done a lot in wrestling. And honestly, I think Sean Spears is. Completely fine. He has a wrestling school with with Tyler Breeze. They are doing great things there with flatbacks. And Sean Spears is not the main character in this storyline. And the whole idea of the story with Wardlow, MJF, and Sean Spears and CM Punk is that Sean Spears, all he tries to do is steal the spotlight from guys like Wardlow. This whole thing is supposed to build MJF, CM Punk a little bit, but mainly Wardlow. Wardlow beat the shit out of CM Punk. Sean Spears did nothing. And the whole idea is that, like, Sean Spears going in and trying to steal the spotlight away from Wardlow, this just shows how much better Wardlow is than the rest of the members of of the Pinnacle. Maybe minus FTR because I've never seen Sean Spears... I've never seen uh, Wardlow in a tag team match that has done really, really well. But... Okay, I was—you know—I was about to jump in. I—I I made sure to catch <laughs> myself. Trust me, I'm not gonna dig on your boys like that because I know you wouldn't do that with my guy. But this whole this whole thing is supposed to be getting Wardlow over Sean Spears love the guy he's incredible he's a great heel he's not one of those guys right now in a time period where he is like being pushed for a top spot because it's just not that error if area of his career he got over with one chair shot on cody so the dude's already been over in that regard now in terms of right now we're getting Wardlow low over that's what we're doing with this whole thing so if you're freaking out about sean spears like calm please calm down sean spears will be fine And, again, once we get to the ending of this story and it fully combines itself to being getting Wardlow over as a babyface and continues to have MJF be one of the top heels in AEW and CM Punk just being the fucking best wrestler ever, then everyone can be happy, especially me, because CM Punk is kicking motherfuckers ass.
3: Well, just to throw in my little two cents on this. More than likely, Sean, this might have been Sean Spears' idea. Because what happened is... Uh, uh, What happened is CM Punk took a bit of a hit last week, and he had to come back to looking dominant this week. It's just wrestling. It wasn't personal.
2: Yeah, no. It was not personal at all. Again, Sean, again, Punk got power-bombed and power-bombed and power-bombed. He won just simply by a roll-up. And it was just that slip, simple thing. And the roll-up was only possible because mjf was consistently getting wardlow annoyed by being like do not stop hurting this motherfucker and if it wasn't for mjf punk would have lost that's the whole idea but he got his ass kicked and he was busted up but we're still building to mjf versus cm punk as a match punk still needs to be dangerous and it made sense in that regard and if you're cons- a- and
3: aew needs to be unpredictable
2: yeah, no. There's gotta be. There's gotta be situations where you're not expecting just a full 15 minute match of back and yes. forth. There's, yeah, because there's, if, it, if it's for a story and that you can do something that goes against the grain of what AEW fans or wrestling fans are used to,
3: do it. Yeah, and they had a lot. You know, the Mox thing. From what I understand, that was kind of the last minute, so they had to cut time for that. And then Cody's gonna do what Cody does, so you had to cut down. You needed a short match, and you got one. <laughs> And they're like, there you go, and it, it gave, and here's here's the other
2: thing too. It gave more time for people like uh, Britt Baker and yes. Chris Statlander and all those guys. It do, gave more time for you to see stuff like Brody King being in AEW. That,
3: do you think if that match lasted three minutes, it added anything to the story, or five minutes, or seven? Sure, minutes? it didn't add anything else. Spears lost. He got dominated by a better wrestler. CM Punk had a bad week he then came back and had a great week and then he you know caught MJF trying to sneak attack him he the, the dude is like I am one step ahead of you in everything that you do and it is amazing because MJF is usually used to getting the better of his opponents Punk is one step ahead of him
2: yeah and that's the whole thing and because again you already knew that this was going to be the outcome anyway so why don't we just get out of the way so that way we can keep getting closer and closer to MJF versus CM Punk, yes. which is the money match.
3: Because there was a match tonight, later in the night, or I believe it was later tonight, that shouldn't have should have lasted as long as it did. So
2: All right. Yeah. And we'll get closer to that point, too. Yeah. Um, moving really quickly through it, we had Billy Gunn getting a camera backstage, and he inter- interrupted Christian Cage coming into the ring. And he was like, look – uh, The Gun Club deserves a match against the new AEW Tag Team Champions in Jurassic Express. Cage was like, listen, y'all need to make a statement, and then we can start talking. Uh, Austin and Colton jumped Christian Cage, mugged him, threw him into a loading loading dock door. Uh, There's your statement. So we're going to eventually see the Gun Club try to go after Jurassic Express. I have a pretty good feeling it won't go well, but goddamn if uh, Billy Gunn doesn't just throw the shit out of Christian Cage into that thing.
3: Yeah, Billy Gunn still the biggest man on the roster it's like he's not even considered a big man but dude is a large human right now
2: we get to the we get to the t the tnt champion the american nightmare cody Rhodes cutting a promo bringing a ladder into the ring um now now punk what punk's name was mentioned so i'll i'll say my comments on it now but this later but this is Floyd's guy. So I I what like how I do with Punk. Here's Floyd's guy with Cody. So Oh, oh my go. god.
3: Thank you, sir. I appreciate this. Uh Cody Rhodes comes out the ladder. I mean, anybody that has watched wrestling for any amount of time knew knew what was coming. But uh yeah, he started off telling a weaving a tale starting with he looks to the ramp and says, "This reminds me. It makes me think of something that was said right there." And everybody starts booing already. They know it. And he's out to talk. And he's like, no, I'm talking about the, the Pipe Bomb by CM Punk where he sat there and he changed wrestling. And he set up these ideas about working with the Bucks and, uh, you know, working with different companies and going everywhere. And, you know, he had to leave for a while. And the person, there was a person that did everything Punk talked about. Oh, that person was me. That person was me. I was the forbidden door before there was ever one, and he built. The, he helped build this company, and I was like, "Oh my God, I'm starting." The cockles of my soul is warm because this man's a master or a, orator. He then talks about uh, he 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 went somewhere in here, and it's like it actually confused a lot of fans he started talking about all these new people that are coming in he's talking about jay lethal he's talking about uh you know he's talking and then he uh leads to we don't go through and change names like gunther McGillabuddy but uh coming into this company with the name brody takes some stroke because in eight years You'll see why in about eight years, referring to the negative one making his in-ring debut. So he weaved this thing. And I mean, basically, I'll tell you what I thought once I get through. He then goes through and he, he brings it all back to Sammy and how they are going to. Go up this ladder and two belts, a ladder, one champion. And he's going to take him. You may basically, he's going to beat him. So. Thoughts on the promo. I'm sorry. Cut out there for a second. Thoughts on the promo is this. I believe in his way. He literally, because it's January. A lot of people aren't taking this in case. He literally put out a bunch of threads of every direction he could go. He I mean literally I could I could be the gatekeeper. I could fight all the new people that are coming in. I could go with CM Punk and show that I'm better than him. I could uh you know I, I you know or you know I could keep being a great TNT champion like I am. And a lot of people said he didn't he kinda dissed Sammy uh because he didn't really talk about Sammy. Have you not been paying attention to the storyline? His first interaction with TNT champion Sammy was saying good luck, kid, and dismissing him to his face. He's not worried about Sammy because he is better than Sammy. He hasn't given Sammy any respect since this started. He talked about Sammy Carrying him in the match. He's like, he put him up in the move. He hit it and Cody kicked out. He has completely disrespected Sammy. This whole thing. So this promo was like, I have more important things to worry about than Sammy. Sammy is an afterthought to Cody. He is watching everything. He sees everything. And just like a fiddle, everybody was booing him. Right? And right in the middle... Everybody started cheering him. And then they went to booing him again. Hmm. Just like he wanted. Because he is a master of this shit. And again, I saw a lot of people saying, Oh my God, he hit too many threads. I'm like, I am sorry that you can't keep up with complicated stories. I apologize. No, not really. I don't apologize. Pay attention. On to uh, Mr. Austin
2: yes uh of course yeah
3: um
2: <laughs> punk was uh uh no nah, i was gonna say cody rhodes uh open, like he literally opened it, it's like what do you guys want to talk about because like and then like went off on the cold cody the cm punk thing and talking about all that um <clears throat> he basically set up threads for whatever storyline he wanted to go past after this little segment <clears throat> if he wants to feud with punk he mentioned about how like everything punk said he wanted to do he did well before well before he did um and then he talked about the young bucks working with uh rick uh red dragon and he just he kind oh, yeah. of dissed for them he, too he, he dissed them he was like
3: yeah. uh, go they back to the graduated hip toss
2: class but i don't need to see the bucks beat the developmental more than once
3: yes yes I, I i laughed I yeah. Laughed. And then,
2: of course, like talking about Jay Lethal and Ricky Starks, Malachi Black, and how he's still got an issue with that. Um, he literally like set up threads for if he wants to go and feud with any of these guys, there is some ground that they can use to then come back to, to like reference to, to like add a little bit more to the story, which I like,
3: I, I, I don't thought know. was dope. As hell. I don't know so, if it's going to turn out like this, but I think he set out his feuds for the rest of the year.
2: I'd believe it, honestly. I think that'd be, honestly, really cool. But, again, that's the one thing I say about Cody. It's like, look, I I, I completely understand the fans going after Cody. I I can't because Cody's been cool to me, and honestly, like, every time he cuts a promo like this, I'm always, like, I'm reminded of when Cody first left WWE, and he started doing indie stuff, and then he was doing stuff with Defiant or formerly WCPW, when he was doing stuff with Ring of Honor, when he was with Bullet Club and all that kind of stuff. I'm reminded of all that, and I'm reminded of how much I really liked Cody after he left, and I still see that in him. Like It's not fully gone just because he has a tattoo on his neck, honestly, and it's like I honestly think that they, like that, that those things that I still love about Cody, he still has and he does so well. The fact that he can consistently, consistently, no matter who is booing him in the crowd and how many people are booing him, he will get you to cheer for him and have the reaction that he wants. Because, okay. like again, he knew people were going to start booing him once he talked about Sammy Guevara because people like Sammy more than they like Cody Rhodes right now. But while he was talking about building the forbidden door and having the grains of the revolution and holding, taking every single ounce of that and carrying it on his back. Like he had people where he wanted and he got the reaction that he wanted. And every time he took a dig at WWE, it got a reaction that he wanted. Like the dude just has such great crowd work with his promos.
3: Like, so like, cause it's like easy for him. I've always said, everybody's like, I don't think he could come back to being a face. I'm just like, dude, Okay, let me tell you how easy this is. Adam Cole turns on the Young Bucks. Cody comes out and saves the Young Bucks. Cody's Cody again. Everybody loves Cody. He's back. He's back <laughs> with his boys. He, he, he. Everybody loves Cody again. You know, it's just it, it. It's it would be easy for him to go back one hundred percent babyface, and everybody loves him, dude. He could write another promo. Uh, fucking killing WWE and everybody in it and everybody was oh my god, this is the Cody I loved. Before, he didn't want to do that. That's too easy. You got Punk to cheer for, right? You got Mox to cheer for. You got Adam Page to cheer for. You got a lot of people to cheer for. Then you got MJF to boo and this person to boo and this person to boo. You know what Cody wants you to do? Whatever you feel like doing. Whatever you want to do. You want to boo? Go for it. You want to cheer? Cool. I don't care. (laughs) Because... He's Cody Rhodes. and he yeah it's to a care. fuck.
2: it's a great <laughs> fucking promo. and again, like I just love i it's the one thing. the way that this man carries himself is something that I honest to God admire. like it, he carries himself with such swagger and such like honest to God He's like he knows where he came from, how good he is, and that he's doing everything he can to make sure that he holds himself to a standard that like his like that his dad is hand, held to. Yeah. And that but his brother is held to. His Twitter and
3: might be gone, but he watches everything. everything. It's the account that you don't expect. He's on there. He never tweets from it. He never does, but he watches everything. He knows what you're saying. Every every little meme that you come up with, and every little Triple every H reaction game, Every, every or, reaction you have to any new t-shirt. And you know what he does? He puts it in his promos. He puts it in his matches. He's always paying attention. So, Cody Claus is coming to town because he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Yeah. And you know what? He gave you a little good and bad on last week, and I love it. And,
2: yeah, and again, like, I am crazy excited for the ladder match. Sammy and Cody, I mean, like, we know how good these two work together. And, hell, like I said, Cody literally beat Sammy at the start of Dynamite. He beat him once for the title already. And then now, like, he's like, I'll do it again. I will uh, do it
3: fucking again. I got to say, I'm a little little worried for this match because these dudes are both crazy.
2: Cody, oh yeah no cody. There, there could be a situation where it could get dangerous <laughs> yeah
3: cody will do anything for a big pop and then sammy's just always just like willing to do anything just to show you he can do it so we might have some moments in this match where you're like okay i hope he's still alive yeah it's gonna we'll be see. it's gonna be some breathtaking moments so i'm looking it forward absolutely to
2: it. is we then had a backstage interview where we got the confirmation that on Rampage, it's going to be Jade Cargill versus Anna J for the TBS Championship. Anna saying, like, look, I wrapped barb wire around my arm just to win a match, so I'll do whatever it takes to win. Will you? Um, we'll move quickly into the debut of the House of Black tag team. Malachi Black facing teaming with Brody King to face the Varsity Blondes uh, did not go well for them. And, of course, uh, – we had Julia Hart there still with her blindfold, which she recently tweeted out, has kind of impaired her vision to the point where she walks into the wrong bathroom and trips over and falls into a trash can. So hopefully her eye will heal up sooner rather than later because, honestly, we don't need her falling into any more trash bins. Uh, Brody and At Malachi made pretty quick work with the Varsity Blondes. Uh, and, uh, again, it's just so fucking cool that Brody King is in AEW. Uh, Pac then eventually appeared on the screen, wearing uh, his blindfold from his last preview, basically saying, like, look, House of Black, I'm going to make a martyr out of you, and uh, eventually removing the blindfold. Uh, and I am fucking excited, because, I mean, Pac and Malachi are crazy good workers. If it's just a single match between those two, that's amazing. If Pack tries to go against Brody King as well, that'll be fucking nuts. The matches that we're going to get from this feud are going to be insane. So I'm just all... I'm all
3: for this feud, dude. This is what I was hoping for when AEW started. These type of feuds, Pac versus uh, Black, yes, sign me up. Put me anywhere in the building. It's gonna, it's gonna be a banger. Yeah,
2: we then had uh, Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero uh, axi- uh, commandeering Brandon Cutler to film them. Uh, Rocky talking about, like, hey, I was nostalgic. I wanted to face the Young Bucks. Uh, So Rapungi Vice was going to reunite for one night on Friday to face off against the Young Bucks. Fortunately, that was not the Case um Rocky Romero was not cleared to have that match, so we never got uh, Rapunghi vice Reuniting. We instead got a singles match between Trent Beretta and Nick Jackson, which we'll talk about when we get into Rampage. um But yeah, it's a shame that Rocky couldn't be there. Uh, disappointing, honestly. But I really that, want to see that match. I really. Yeah,
3: want
2: we to see keep now. You still have that match in your back pocket, so like we want to see that again. So definitely give that to us eventually at some point. Um, we then had uh, the murderhawk Monster Lance Archer facing off against Frankie Kazarian, and I have a pretty, pretty good feeling that, uh, was this the match that you were like, this shouldn't have gone as long as it did? What
3: the hell were they thinking? You're trying to literally bring the murderhawk monster, and you're trying to convince us as an audience that he's going, he's actually can give uh, Hangman a run for his money, and he goes that long with Frankie Kazarian? No disrespect for Frankie Kazarian, believe me. I, I love Frankie, but he has I love not, Frankie too. but he has not been positioned in this company as a top challenger in a while. So this did nothing but hurt to me yeah, it, it hurt Lance Archer or uh yeah, Lance Archer. It hurt him. Now putting him with um Putting him with Dan Lambert, stroke of genius, because Lance Archer, if he would have came out originally, I guarantee you he would have got the return pop. But because uh, he got Dan Lambert out there with him, he's, he keeps him getting booed. He's the cooler. And it was, that's perfect, and it's genius. But when it comes down to it, oh, my God, this match with Frankie Kazarian should have lasted about 30 seconds longer than the Punk and Sean Spears match.
2: And that should have been about it, yeah. I, again, love Frankie to death. I think he's so good. But it's been even, like, months since we've had him doing the Elite Hunter stuff. Like, he hasn't even been doing that. He's just been Frankie Kazarian now. So he doesn't really have anything to go off of that, like, he's riding with. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Frankie uh, looking, doing cool shit. But, like, Lance kind of needed to kill him in order to really build up towards this match. So
3: Yeah, because yeah. if you've been watching wrestling for longer than ten seconds, you're pretty much sure Hangman's just gonna beat Lance Archer. You have to put some doubt in our minds. There's gotta and, be some. And, yeah, and people like
2: Frankie, and like you do you, you yeah. do that to
3: Frankie and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, like Yeah. So I don't right. know, maybe it's setting up like a tag match or something. I don't know, but I just thought that was a weird direction to go with that match and i i do yeah and
2: again I, frankie it, it, frankie got a little bit like he got maybe a little bit of uh offense. not a ton but he did get a little bit but like it's still longer than it needed to be honestly
3: yeah and like i said it's just it was a weird way to go with someone you're building to fight your world champion
2: yeah so and then eventually uh lance archer uh was out there talking about uh hangman and uh saying he wasn't prepared at all and uh he's just like i'm gonna beat the shit out of him and he was gonna continue to beat up on Kazarian until hangman came out and eventually they just started beating the crap out of each other um so uh and even there yeah, i, I-, I would have liked to see lance archer leave him laying like Either like either leave him laying, or you could have had him maybe like stagger and run
3: away. Yeah, like get the better of him. And, you know, and Dan Lambert's like standing over him yelling, "This is going to be the new champ, you fake cowboy, or whatever." It just felt like I know I, like I know AEW at times can do non traditional booking, but this was didn't seem like the place to do non traditional booking. This seems like the place to let your monster be a monster and. You know, put doubt in everyone's mind that. Uh, well, again, Hang I Man do think couldn't...
2: too that like it's 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 still a downgrade in a little bit just because like Brian Danielson was the first person to challenge uh, challenge Hangman, um, and that was a lot. So I mean, like whoever's gonna have it was gonna get the the idea of like oh well whoever loses whoever faces Hangman next is gonna get their ass kicked or whatever. Um, yeah. But like, I I it's 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 a difficult situation. But yeah, I I do think that like this match should have been shorter and also like having hangman have a little bit of doubt in his mind about it, or like just get the better of him at least on this night, I think would be, uh, would be something that would have helped build a little bit more for this. And again, I don't know when they're going to throw this out. Um, but, uh, I, I do, uh, I do. I, like I said, I don't know when they're going to have this match kick off or whatnot, but uh, regardless, I'm, I just want to see, uh, if they end up, uh, giving a little bit more reasonable doubt into this match because they kind of need to. Absolutely. I I agree. Uh, We then had Dante Martin, Matt Seidel, and Lee Moriarty backstage uh, basically saying, like, listen, Dante, um, you watched our backs from Team Taz, so until your brother returns, we'll do the same for you. Um, And then, my God, have we seen Leo Rush just completely disappear because, once again, he seems to be stepping away from uh, AEW as well. Um, And this is part of our headlines, uh, but, again, like, Leo Rush's contract is expected to expire soon. And he's talking about how he's a free agent. So he (laughs) literally just came in, like did a little bit and then left.
3: Yeah. I I said, uh, I said this in a group and I was like, so they literally just replaced Leo Rush with another black guy. No one even noticed. I mean, dude, like Leo, like I I love hey, hey, Leo is super talented. Oh, crazy. but, But his talent doesn't, doesn't equal his baggage that comes with dealing with Leo.
2: He just can't, it seems like there's just like, he's, he seems like he strikes me as a guy who's like never satisfied and like always wants to keep pushing for more and more and more. And, um, at the same time too, it's like, kind of is hard to keep locked down for one thing he's very like oh i got i want to do this and i want to do this i want to do this and i want to do this and like he just kind of wants to jump all over the place
3: with stuff like that and he's immensely talented at everything that he does sure me wrong but it's just like i said i wish he would just kind of focus on wrestling he's young you know focus on wrestling give it like five years of your complete attention your best effort see how far you could go and then kind of worry about everything else. But Xavier Woods is yeah. Xavier
2: Woods has been able to do a bunch of YouTube gaming stuff for yeah. this entire time period, but then still give enough to wrestling to the point where he's King of the Ring.
3: Yeah, but I can't put limitations on that man. I won't put limitations on that man. But it's, it's like at some point when you have a problem with every company you work with, you know, you, it, it, you, it comes. It, 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 it comes it, hard it, to get work. Yeah, and you can You can't all be about every company. You know what I mean? At some mm-hmm. point, it's about you. Sure. Yeah, know. So, right, now I like I wish Leo the best. I hope he, the same. I hope he does great things, and hopefully, he comes back around and he can work with AEW again because there's so many matches that are left on the table that we didn't get, that we just mm-hmm. didn't get. And I mean, and, and like I said, the dude's immensely talented. So I I want him. I want him working with them so
2: yeah we then had another backstage segment where chris statlander was interrupted by legit layla hirsch uh with while she was with red velvet layla continued to talk about uh all the issues that, that they've been having on aw dark elevations and stuff like that being like you've cost me thousands of dollars you've cost red thousands of dollars because of like all of us losing matches because of you and red velvet was like look chill it's not an issue like it's just miscommunication uh, uh leila did not take that well uh knocked down red velvet and then put chris statlander in an R bar and then just wrenched it so it seems like we've gotten a heel turn from Layla hirsch and she's going to be going after chris statlander and even red velvet at the same time so i'm interested to see uh like a like an asshole like Layla hirsch um, yeah. I, wonder if her, I wonder if her size kind of gives away a little bit of, like, intimidation. But, like, if she can just kick you and, like, bend you and break you in any different way that she wants, like, it's not going to be an issue. But I'm, I'm interested, gonna, at least.
3: I'm going to keep saying this what happen. I want her with Deeb. I want them. Serena the
2: Deeb and, yeah, Serena yeah. Deeb and fucking Ooh. Layla Hirsch would be insanely
3: talented. Oh, yeah, because she's the professor, you know. Layla is a technical wrestler too. She can. She's kinda, legit, yeah. Yeah, she can kind of be her student type thing, and I think that would add to Serena's act right now, and it would help develop uh, Layla Hirsch for later. Sure, I think I think it could do her
2: well, honestly. Um, we, speaking of Serena deep, she had a match against sky blue. That was also pretty short. This was the one, like I, I would have liked it if they would have taken some of the length from the Frankie and uh Lance match and added it maybe a little bit to this. Cause see, uh, sky blue did not really get much. And I know a lot of Chicago wrestling fans are like, please use sky blue better. Um, and I can't, I can't help but be like, yeah, I would like to see sky blue at least get a little bit more, um, uh, I guess maybe they're just kind of keeping her as, like, occasionally showing up on Dark and stuff like that
3: and then still doing independent stuff. This is part of Deeb's push. You know, She's has sure. got to – I don't know who they're preparing her for. I don't know who she's going after, but she has to look dominant right now. And Sky Blue yeah, is so she- – Sky Blue is Daniel Garcia. Sky Blue is, you know, Sky Blue is some of the other younger wrestlers. Okay, she can take some losses right now. There, it's early. It's early in her career. She's going to get more offense later. So, it's just I I would say
2: I would like yeah. I said I I'm with fans. I want to see her do more, but just it's, it's
3: not in the cards right yeah, now. Yeah, you got to think of her on the back burner. You got to kind of think of her like private party and all them stuff. She's going to have the time. This is she's going to be a face in this division eventually, it's just not yet. Yeah, and then
2: we got Ethan Page afterwards this uh challenging John Moxley to a match on Rampage. Uh, we then get uh, after that Matt Hardy backstage with Andrade El Idolo and the Hardy family office, saying he sold 51% of the HFO to Andrade El Idolo, and from now on they'll be known as the AHFO. And Hardy was uh, Matt Hardy then said, uh, "Darby Allen, you better smarten up and uh, come work for the AHFO." And basically, this is this is Matt kind of passing off uh, the Harley family office. He's been teasing a lot about the idea of jeff hardy coming to do stuff with uh, him and kind of reuniting with them again um though the adhfo is a shitty fucking acronym
3: i'm gonna tell you it's gonna be the afo pretty soon pretty soon yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't i don't see andrade sharing leadership for very long no no so i, I do like it because This is Andrade's character is he's a boss that he's trying. Yeah, he's a kingpin. He's a kingpin. And it was just like all this time he didn't have any backup. Now he has a whole crew with him. I imagine HFL is going to break up at some point in time, but maybe private party and a couple of others go with the uh, AFO. And then maybe the butcher and the blade, you know, go to the throne, you know, hopefully. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, I've seen uh when uh Alistair Black has done or Malachi Black, excuse me, apologies, uh has done many interviews and he, a common name, a common name he said he wanted to work with is Butcher and the Blade. Butcher and the Blade with the Kings of the Black Throne, sign me up for that shit.
2: Yeah, that would be nuts. But we get into the main event of Dynamite. We have Sting and Darby Allen teaming up to face off against the acclaimed. And, like, honestly, I just can't help but say it's like seeing Sting do this kind of shit is so fucking cool. It's so cool. Um, Anthony Bowens is – I constantly got to build up Anthony Bowens because, I mean, this guy works really, really well. And Max Caster, of course, whenever he comes out and he raps, he always gets good reactions. Um, And then – God damn, dude. Darby Allen, like, when he fucking... When Max Caster was on top of the steel steps and was gonna, like, beat the shit out of uh, Sting, and Darby Allen just flies over the crowd and nails Max. The coolest fucking shit. So cool. And then eventually, uh, Darby, uh, after he uh, uh, gets uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, stuff onto uh, Bowens, uh, that leads up to Sting being able to get onto... uh, the uh, rampway and slam spl- a stinger splashes away through max caster through a table and then darby gets the win with the uh a coffin drop on anthony bowens and yeah it was just it was just really this was the type of match like that like just really made you feel good as a wrestling fan sting is so it's insane to see that he's doing this type of shit at his age, and it's still crazy cool. Darby's a fucking menace. I love Darby so much. And then Max Caster is a great like mouthpiece, and Bowen's is a good wrestler. Like it's just a great pairing for a tag team. And yeah, this was a this was a damn good main event.
3: Absolutely, Uh, the the old guys going through a goth phase uh, got it down. Uh, I loved that Sting got his time to shine one on one, and but Darby got the big moment because you know the odds are you know you think they're building up to you know you know Darby making the hot tag, but it was kind of like in essence not necessarily a tag, but Sting got the hot. uh, Sting gave Darby the moment, and it was just a really good match. I I hope they're building up to a Sting and Darby tag match uh, for the title. Uh, That would be amazing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I just think this was, man, the best way I can use it. This was fucking fun. It was a fun match. Oh, so much fun. Yes, it was a fun match. But
2: that was AEW Dynamite for this week. We'll now move over to AEW Rampage, which opened up with Jon Moxley having his first match back against all-ego Ethan Page. Uh, Moxley was just beating the shit out of, uh, out of Ethan Page for a lot of this match. Um, Ethan Page eventually, like, he got a little bit of stuff by, like, um, just knocking Moxley out of the ring uh, and doing some few stuff. But, like, Moxley destroyed Ethan Page. I mean, like... He got a good amount of stuff in there, but like mostly Moxley was putting out a lot of offense into this match. Um, and then after the match was over, though, Moxley just kicked, uh, kicked him, and spiked him with a paradigm shift just to keep adding on insult to injury. He then walks uh, into the back where he came from, and the American Dragon Brian Danielson stood in his way and just smirked at Moxley as he walked by. Oh my God. So like I, I saw we've, we've now we've seen I I know we've seen Daniel Bryan do stuff with Dean Ambrose before, but I don't think we've seen the Dragon against Moxley before.
3: Yes, and they showed a picture from uh, WWE where Dean uh, Dean Ambrose kind of came into Bri- uh, Daniel Bryan and kind of did a point, and they kind of it was the reverse image because of how Bryan Danielson was pointing at john moxley and yeah that match is gonna bang I, I dude dude no words no words no words um they are doing some texas shows in march oh my god if they're one of those I, I mean i wouldn't mind definitely wouldn't mind revolution it's not too long of a bill just about a month away oh my god i i would just be so excited to see those two. maybe detroit have you ever considered detroit is that an idea well, sir, they announced another city, and it was again in the south. So I'm sorry, mother. F- Give us it once, please, please. I mean, um, uh, I mean, you know, I think you saved Detroit for the summer because it's fucking cold now.
2: I understand it, but like <laughs> you've gone to cold places before. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's really cold. <laughs> I understand, but
2: like, goddammit it, if like we don't have anything in the cold give us something in the cold
3: yeah so like if they want to go to detroit in june i'm uh, a you know i'm down because you know it won't be cold (laughs) fine so
2: then now we move over to trent bretta versus nick jackson in a singles match because unfortunately we couldn't get rocky romero in this match uh but nick jackson in singles matches goddamn if they're not great and these two did such great work honestly like Trent did a ton of great – Trent, like, fucking did a ton of great shit in this match. Um, I love the heel work of Nick Jackson bringing in Rick Knox and then getting a nice kick to the side of the head of Trent. Um, Nick uh, got uh, uh, nailed with – Nick did a great uh, spot where he uh, hit a – he he did a senton onto the ramp of uh, Trent and then 450 – Flashed his way onto Trent at the same time. Uh, but then regardless, Trent was able to uh, get a crunchy on, uh, on Nick and get the pin. Nick got a, got pinned by Trent, and Trent got the singles win. So hell of a match. Uh, nice work on uh, them to be able to adapt with the fact that they didn't have Rocky Romero involved. So despite the fact that we didn't get the revival of uh, Roppongi Vice. We still got to see an insanely good singles match between two talented guys. This was just dope, honestly. I just thought this was really good, and I I do hope that somewhere down the road we do get that match of Young Bucks versus Ropangi Vice, though, because I would a thousand percent be for it.
3: So, uh, bio that was updated shortly after that match. If we wanted to, either of us could turn into singles wrestlers and be the best at that too. I know it's frustrating to hear that. <laughs> I look.
2: It- it is, it is frustrating because, honestly, I'm still in the middle of reading the Young Bucks book. I know they could do that, but they've talked about before, like when they were going around, like when they were getting into the industry and stuff like that, how they just hated the idea of being singles. And like I actually got to the point in the book where they talk about their TNA run where they did actually split up and feud with each other because, God damn, if Vince Russo doesn't want to get his grubby little hands on all that type of shit. Uh, but it's just seeing that bio made me laugh, especially after reading that part in their book. But uh yeah, and I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of their book too. I'm still about a little over halfway through it though.
3: Yes, uh that one yeah, I definitely enjoyed the book when I read it. Uh that was alone. That's probably the last book I've read from cover to cover. I just I don't read much anymore. Uh but yeah, uh this match was a banger, and I truly think Nick Nick probably would be in my top ten favorite wrestlers because I've only seen I think he's only done two singles matches in the AEW but they were both amazing you know they were Well both one amazing. of them was mad, like top AEW matches of all time Yes uh it was him and Ray Phoenix doing the thing and then it was him and Trent and Trent's a completely different type of wrestler so you're thinking oh man it has to be a high flyer no no it doesn't have to be a high flyer Nick Jackson just knows how to work and it's it, it, I know it's tough for people to admit It's tough, you know, that people are like, flippy shit, flippy shit, and they just want to throw that around with the Young Bucks, and they do do some flippy shit, but they're just, they're really amazing wrestlers, and you gotta, you know, it hurts, it hurts, I know, I know. If you're listening to this show, it probably doesn't hurt, because you've already acknowledged it, but, yeah, be nice to your friends when they have to, when they finally come around and be like, okay, the Young Bucks are the best. Be nice to him. Be nice to yeah. him. <laughs> because, you know, it takes it takes some people some time to come around. Yeah, maybe. We then had another great Hook match
2: of him continuing to come out and beat the shit out of people. God, it was so good seeing him beat up Serpentico. Like as soon as he throws out the streamers, he just gets fucking steamrolled.
3: I don't think Hook likes streamers, as his dad said. Hooks no hates streamers. So no, no, no uh, Dude. And QT Marshall also got his ass kicked as well and at the same through. time. So he got through and it's just people like are are trying to overthink this. They're like they're trying to say he's go but He's not. He's not. He's beating up lower people. And it's fine. Chill out. Enjoy it for what it is. A squash match. And I love Again. squash matches. Don't this is a dude that is new, that they're building up. And just chill out. Chill out. Anthony and Gogo was punching people in the gut in the ending matches in like five seconds. Go you know, like not every person that goes on a little winning streak to start their <laughs> career is Goldberg, okay? Just not. Mm-hmm. It's let him be hook. Enjoy it.
2: Yeah. Enjoy it. He and comes dude, it's out every every yeah. time the lights go off and that fucking Action
3: Bronson intro yeah. happens. I, I it's the coolest shit. Yeah, and that's what I'm like. Let it be what it is. Stop comparing it to other things because I don't think we've ever seen this. What's happening right now?
2: No, well, I I I mean I just straight up love yeah. how quickly fans are come, are like are I, getting behind
3: him. I will tell you right now, right now I am wearing a send hook. My black a shirt right now. Right now as we're doing the show. I am on board the Hook train, and I'm enjoying it. Just enjoy the ride, y'all. Stop trying to force it one way or another. Just enjoy the ride because you know Tony has a plan. You just don't know what it is. All
2: right. Main event time, though, for Rampage. Uh, we have the TBS Championship match. Jade Cargill defending her title against the Dark Orders Anna Jay. Taz, of course, bringing up the fact of how she's 24-0. This match would make her 25-0 if she won. Uh, Anna J did really good in this match, too. I loved how constantly she was able to switch back to try to get uh, uh, her submission move in there to be able to win the match. Uh, My God, dude, it's like she she did a lot of great work on that. Uh, Every time she tried to get uh, that reverse choke... Uh, was always great. she got great pops too when she when she tried to do it as well. Um, every time Jade Cargill pump kicks somebody in the chest, I think like it's the coolest fucking shit. Um, and then I, I especially loved how like when she was on the top turnbuckle and then she he, she uh, got uh, raised up by one arm by Jade was insane. Um, this was a good match, honestly. This was good uh Jade uh got a good amount of offense I mean Anna got a good a lot of amount of offense to make herself uh look good as well Jade is that bitch I can't help but say it um and she gets the win retains the title 25 and 0 and yeah I mean it Jade as the TBS champion is it just makes a whole lot of sense and she looks great honestly she's she's improving she continues to look good and having that title around her waist um, it makes me excited to see like what who could even who would be the person to beat her um i thought this was a damn good main event
3: i do gotta make you i gotta make you laugh uh uh on uh being the elite this week uh which i, I don't watch much that's why i don't cover it on the show i apologize but i just don't Uh, watching much, but this week she pushed some big guy out of the way and she walked through and then John Silver comes behind her and says that bitch! I just... (laughs) It got me. It was such an obvious... It was such an obvious joke, but God, oh my God, I laughed so hard. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you only watch BT this week, watch it for that because I thought that was funny. And I imagine this is going to be a bit going forward.
2: Oh, yeah, mo- most definitely. But that was AEW Rampage, and that wraps up everything for AEW in this week. We're going to go ahead and do a preview of Beach Break. Uh, we're going to, of course, get the Cody Rhodes-Sammy Guevara TNT ch- title match uh, for a, in a ladder match. We're going to get Red Velvet taking on Layla Hirsch. Uh, we're going to get to hear from CM Punk. We're going to get to hear from Dr. Britt Baker-DMD. We're going to get a six-man tag match between Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz, facing off against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. I got a pretty strong feeling that things aren't going to go well for the Inner Circle. And then we get the Lights Out match between Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy.
3: Matt from 2.0 is my guy. He's a Chiefs fan. Boom. There you go. So, yeah, he's my hero now. So, uh, no, uh, as far as the show, I imagine we're going to get Cody and Sammy to start the show. I mean, it's going to start with the ladder match. Just It just makes sense. Well, especially
2: because you're already doing the lights out match. Yeah. That, like Might as well kick off the show with something like that.
3: And the technical main event will be the Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz versus 2.0 and Garcia Red and Layla will get in there somewhere. I'm looking forward to what CM Punk has to say. So I asked this uh, to my friend Austin. Uh, there are rumors that this is going to lead to CM Punk and uh, MJF in Chicago. Uh, yeah, you gonna be there? I would. I would kill.
2: I would kill to be there. Um, honestly, at this at this point in time with the way that work is and with the way uh, that just everything is right now, I, I kind of have uh, a point where it's like I'm putting uh, shows on hold unless they come to Detroit. If they come to Detroit, I will be there. Um, but if there was like a pay-per-view that was happening in Chicago, I'd probably be there. And plus, I know we're going to Vegas, uh, and I do believe that we're going to try to go to Double or Nothing – uh, so
3: so uh, I completely understand. So like old Floyd, like 2021 Floyd would have bought the ticket already. But 2022 Floyd is trying to be more fiscally responsible and go to less events. So he will not. I did get just that spend challenge.
2: almost. A, I did just spend almost $100 of Shop AEW because of the Britt Baker, Adam Cole T-shirt and the 2C Punk hat. So mm-hmm. I already spent a good amount of money on that, those.
3: That, that Darby. That Darby uh, new Street Fighter shirt—I don't know if you've seen. It. I
2: saw that one. I think it's uh, Dalsim. Yeah,
3: is it? yeah, Dalseem. I got a ten percent discount. I am probably gonna pick up that shirt. That I, one
2: is that one is very sick.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, and, and anyone will tell you I'm not a huge Darby fan. My first shirt that had anything to do, or, uh, do with Darby was the, the three. singing Darby. Yeah, the three. Three, uh, three faces, all painted. I bought that shirt immediately because uh, I just thought that was the coolest thing. But this Darby shirt, to me, is second only to the Kobe shirt in the Street Fighter.
2: I all did, right. I did that. Yeah, I was gonna say that 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 one. It looks really cool. I, I might have to eventually get it.
3: You, know, um, you only get a week. They're only selling it for a week. I know. I know. You know but hey, like, you maybe dude. they'll. They're so good at that. They're so good at that. It's like I love and hate Ryan at the same time. (laughs) Because I I literally just said last week, I'm probably, I was like, oh, I'm probably done with shirts into Revolution. I'm not going to buy a shirt to Revolution. Oh, yeah, we're putting out the shirt. You only got a week to order it. Yeah. Of course, he
2: he does that right after I order the DMD Hmm.
3: Bebe shirt as my one shirt. So, yeah. So, Floyd, yeah. So, you know that idea about waiting to Revolution? I'm about to challenge your willpower right now. there you go
2: but no again i i i i would go if if it wasn't for the fact that we're probably planning on when they put tickets on sale for double or nothing that's what we're going to go for
3: yes i'm really excited about double nothing i'm glad that y'all are going so i could see y'all and hang with hang with my peoples and uh yeah i'd be i and it's fucking vegas so i mean absolutely it's vegas it's, it's vegas baby it's no, I'm looking for but yeah. I'm like I still got Orlando to go to and I'm like, oh Vegas <laughs> Like It's
2: all it's just Vegas. That's and, just how it is. And
3: that's why I have to tone down all the side trips that I go to because I have to go to, <laughs> I go to so much stuff. Yeah. I wish I had the life that you had in that regard. Yes. Well, sir, hey, again, it took me 30 to three years to get to that. I was like, yeah, yeah I started it about took some time. It took some time. So, I mean, Hey, if you're starting to do it by the time you're 30, you'll be ahead of the curve. So you got a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. but that is going to do it for that. Uh, we only have like a couple other l- quick headlines we want to run through before we wrap up the show.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah. Contracts are starting to expire. Uh, AEW started, you know, signing people, Roughly three years ago, you know, in January. So, uh, a lot of the contracts were for three years. So, these contracts are coming up. Tony does not believe in cutting contracts unless it's like for disciplinary reasons or something like that. So, the contracts are expiring and they're choosing not to renew uh peter avalon was the first of the ones to not be renewed he announced that he's going to start taking bookings my feelings with peter avalon is he was working dark anyway and now they do the dark tapings like once or twice a month he would still be working the dark tapings he's just not going to be a full member of the roster if if anyone can understand what i'm coming from ppa all day uh peter avalon's one of the nicest people i've met and i loved his character work i just i never thought he was like a long term uh private. we
2: all but again we yeah. all knew what kind of what we were getting in from with that because again like the whole joke when they were doing the librarian librarian gimmick was that it was a shitty gimmick and, and someone just, was gonna have
3: to do it yeah and he just did it to get a job basically yeah yeah, so, uh, and then Leo Rutsch announced his contract up February 14th. Apparently, it was just a short-term deal, kind of a prove-it deal. Uh, he had the thing with Big Swole where he said, you know, told Tony to apologize. I don't think these things had anything to do with each other, but I I would be disingenuous not to bring it up, that they might have had something to do with each other, you know. So, um, but, yeah, Leo is one of those, he's got... Everybody's. He reminds me of Conde Antonio Brown. Oh God! Well, As no. A, here's the thing.
2: I don't hate Leo Rush. No, I despise no, no. I, 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 Brown.
3: I know that. I, 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 listen to where I'm going. Everyone sees the talent. Everyone sees, you know, how great he is. It's just we need to. He needs to get into an environment where he succeed. I'm not. I'm not talking about taking his shirt off and walking away, Antonio Brown. It was just, I'm talking about, you saw what he could do with Pittsburgh, and it was just like, they did get him in an environment in Tampa Bay, and he was able to have a lot of success. And that's what Leo Rush, I'm just saying, you have to get him into an environment that knows with someone that knows how to deal with him so that he can have the most success. He was at GCW, had a Great match with Blake Christian uh, this week uh, because uh, Jonathan Gresham. uh, It was an exposure type thing of COVID, so he does show up. He does do the job. I'm sure he's reliable. I just I want to see him in that spot where he you get to see all of Leo Rush, and I just I don't think we've seen that. He, needs to, a, find, he yeah. needs to
2: find that one thing that he can latch on to and actually did, like, dedicate a lot of time to. Because again, yeah. like it's where Antonio Brown is like, he's just mentally like in a situation where he needs help, but he won't get help. Yes. Like Leo, Leo just needs to find a place that he can just dig his teeth into and really just like put a good like year or two into. Right? Yeah. Really give all of what you have to this one place and just go for it give out quality match after quality match, great stories, maybe pick up a few titles along the right way, put time into it. Cause again, Leo, Leo's strikes me as somebody where it's like, again, he, he probably isn't like, he, he feels like nothing will satisfy him. He has to keep chasing for more. And he feels like he, he throws himself into so many different things that it's hard to latch into one thing.
3: And um, that's, I, with their shooting schedule and how they do their TV months in advance,
2: you have okay, to be man. dedicated to be able to, yeah, no, like, to no, do, other, no. like, you can do other stuff. That's not a the no, thing. No. Like, you can go and do stuff with New Japan and do stuff with GCW or do stuff
3: with Impact or Ring of Honor if you want I, to. And that's what but I was you, getting. But
2: your focus is going to have to still mainly be with AEW.
3: I'm getting into, that's what I was getting to. I think Impact might end up being the best place for them because of how they do their schedule, where they just shoot a whole bunch over a few weeks, and then there's like a month or two before they shoot again he would have so much time to dedicate to those other projects and still be a wrestler for that uh, in those times. And he could definitely be featured in impact. I think the X division could be his home. Uh, But again, you could eventually go after a world title. It's just when I see him and I see kind of how his brain works, I'm thinking impact is the place for him. And maybe I'm wrong. This is me. an outsider that knows nothing Just trying to uh, get but I think he'll be great where he is again over the next few months many other wrestlers contracts are are expiring we don't know who there's just a lot of speculation I think Joey Janela's contract's up in May Uh, I've heard something about Brian Cage I've heard a lot of names I'm going to just let uh, news come and then we'll just confirm it we're not going to try to make the news here. Right. Uh yeah, they asked added a new dynamite to the schedule. I believe tickets go on sale uh this Friday. It's March 30th in Columbia, South Carolina. So, uh do you if you live in the Columbia area or are looking to travel, that's where you'll be at March 30th. I will not definitely not be at that one cuz that is I believe a week before. Uh, Wrestlemania so uh, I am I have been uh, pro poked and prodded by friends that I will be at Wrestlemania weekend I still don't know if I'm going to the event which I mean personally I mean I don't want to but I might end up going if you know somebody buys me a ticket alright well maybe you'll go to at least one night we're going to at least one night I don't know it's just WWE for me, I watch uh, Raw and SmackDown every week. Two no, I don't watch it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it. I'm just it does. It's just it's two hours. I can do something else. And um, yeah, so I'm just like unless they do something because I'll be at the Royal Rumble this weekend. So unless they do something to really stoke my interest, you know, I don't. I I like I said, I go to so much other stuff. I, that money can be deferred to somewhere else.
2: I, uh, would you like me to personally send you a pipe bomb in case Johnny Knoxville wins?
3: (laughs) Dude, dude, if, if Johnny Knoxville wins, I would, to me, that would be awesome. You know why? Because it would at least be different. (laughs) because we all know I feel like I know what's going to happen I feel like Brock's going to lose to Bobby Lashley to some nefarious means Brock's going to enter at 29 and win the men's rumble Charlotte or Ronda Rousey is going to win the women's rumble and we're going to get the same matches we've been getting forever yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, not to, I'm not trying to bury him I'm, I'm just sure, saying. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, I'm hearing the most you ardent fans say the same thing. You know, and I'm like, I'm not. You know, we all got predictions. <laughs> yeah, so we will see. We will see. I hope they shock me. Johnny Knoxville wins. You will hear me being the loudest. Let Sammy
2: Zane win the goddamn thing.
3: <laughs> Sammy Zane is too good at wrestling to be pushed in WWE. <laughs>
2: And yet he resigned. Hey, hey,
3: hey, hey! I was gonna say, but goddamn it, dude! No, no, you're at okay. There's the age. AJ Styles was amazing, and then he got to like 38. I think that's what he was. 37, 38. And that's at some point in your time, you gotta cash out. It stops being about the art, and you gotta cash out. But. But
2: Sammy... Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But he's only... I mean, yeah, he's 37, but, like, come on, man.
3: You got to cash out, brother. Come on. Get that check. I I mean, I'm I'm like, I am 40, and I couldn't imagine, like, still trying to make it at this point. It's like... Okay, (laughs) whatever. Regardless, I'm wrapping up
2: the show now. I'm wrapping up the show. Despite the fact that I want Sammy Zayn to win a goddamn main title for once... I, and they, I, you get changed into a baby face and actually go in and do his fucking old school shit like he did in NXT or fucking, I don't care, bring Generico there, too. Yeah. I don't care. They guys, Regardless.
3: That guy's dead, sir. I'm Sorry. That old Sammy. He's not <laughs> dead until I see his corpse. I mean, you do every Monday night, or it's a <laughs> Friday night, stumbling out there like a zombie. You know. That's gonna do it for this episode of All Things Elite,
2: guys. Can thank you so much for continuing to support the show. Continue like continuing to listen every single week. We really appreciate it. Uh, continue to download the show on Google, download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and leave a rating and re- review as well. And again, if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, continue to share the show with your friend, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It means the world. Leave a donation through Red Circle if you wish, but if not, we can just follow us on Twitter. We are at AT ATElitePod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with that... All out of the way, I will go ahead and send it to Floyd to take us home for this episode of All Things Elite.
3: Yes, uh, thank you for listening. I uh, will say that every week because I genuinely mean it. Uh, make sure you are continuing to listen and to support our show. I, you know, this is you know this is how I go to all the events. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, yeah, uh, v- Vaccinate. do this shit, boost, all that shit. You wear a mask if yes, and if you choose not to get mask vaccinated stay home protect yourself dude i don't i don't care i mean hey if you choose not to do it stay your ass at home and don't get sick uh, unfortunately again i want to send all my positive thoughts and prayers to my uh, friend and boss preston who is uh in the hospital uh with complications from covet and it sucks and i just don't want that to happen to anyone else so if that makes me a terrible person from now on to be sick. Let me be a terrible person. But I will leave you with what I always leave you with whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.